Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Record. Happy holidays, Renee. It's nearly the end of the year. We have so much ground to cover, so little time to cover it in. You and I are busy women. We fly around, we go to parties, we have daily streaming shows. So really just catching our breath, finding a moment to look into each other's eyes via Zoom, talk about some of the best, worst, and most important stories of the day. Uh, It's only time. Our fan have been requesting it we've tried to find time and here we are on a friday a rainy rainy friday ahead of the holidays about to kick off where where should we even start it's our year-end wrap-up we could start in so many different places um first of all why don't you tell me since the last time we spoke when you were launching oh God, this is the longest intro of your life with me right now but go ahead. i know i it's fine the people who listen to this know i have lageria yeah when we were recording the last episode it was in the launch phase of your new show. How's it going? Now, Power Hour with Renee Stubbs on Amazon Sports Network is available both live, four to five EST, and on demand. How's it going? No. First of all, you got listen, if you're gonna promote my show, you gotta get the times right. Okay. It's the power hour at five PM Eastern, five to six PM Eastern. Now for all of you out there, I've been getting tweets and messages from people. They're sort of semi-abusing me that they can't find the show. I don't know what to tell you. I don't do the algorithm. Algorithm. So what I'm going to say is you go to Prime Video, okay, and you just type in search if you really get lost and type in the Power Hour and put my name in there, Stubbs, and it will come up for you. And it is all on demand now. You will even get to see an interview I did with this chucklehead that I'm looking at right now on my Zoom, Caitlin Thompson. There's a great interview with Mary Carrillo. Um, uh, talking about the life and, and legacy um, and sadly the passing away of Nick Volateri, which was last week that we did not talk about on our pod. But um, uh, so that was a really great interview. So I really hope people will tune in just to see that interview in and of itself. But the, the show's going great, Caitlin. I'm talking about everything other than tennis right now because there's no tennis on. Um, what we will get to, into talking about today is some of the things I've been talking about with tennis, which is the ATP and WTA awards. Woo, there's been some vitriol on the old tweets. Um, <laughs> when hasn't there been vitriol in the old tweets? 
I mean, people are just nuts. But anyway, uh, yes, yeah, so we get into that. The, the show is great. I'm really enjoying it. Aman Ali is my uh, producer, and um, he and I have become good friends. And it's a great show. We, I really enjoy it. We're talking a lot of World Cup. We're talking a lot of, you know, everything that I'm sort of interested in as well, which we're going to talk about skiing a little more and give, you know, the Michaela Schifrins of the world even more love. So, yeah, it's been really fun. It's fun for me to hear how much you know and follow and are curious about other sports. I mean, I think a lot of people who follow tennis, it's one of many, many sports they follow. Um, and I also appreciate that the lens that makes your tennis coverage so good, which is that you're not afraid to ask hard questions and you like the sort of hidden narrative stories is really coming out in all of these other sports now and giving me, um, in the case of things I know more about, a cool lens and in the things I know less about, like I love to ski, I love ski racing. I don't know all that much about it. And so getting an entry point into the sport has been really, really wonderful. Um, so anybody who has not done so, Amazon Sports, 5 to 6 p.m. Power Hour, EST and On Demand. Yeah. And um, and it's really cool. You had our friend Andrea Pekovic on. We've had Mary Carrillo on talking about Nick Balateri. You've gotten um, oh, amazingly just guests. Listen, yesterday I talked to a woman that was a professor at the uh, University of Texas um, about Russian jails and the penal colony that Brittany Griner was oh. located in and her insight into that was really fascinating. So we get some really sort of random, um, cool people on there talking about various things in in, in sports. So, uh, you know, one of my favorite shows in the world is uh, Real Sports on HBO, which Mary Carrillo is a part of. And I just love that we can tie in sports to everyday life as well. So we get to talk about that. I'm going to talk about women's volleyball today. So it's really pretty cool. It's fun. Awesome. I'm enjoying it. Well, anyway, I'm let's hungry. get to what. Uh, now let's talk to the main sport that everyone who listens to the show is the most keen to discuss because God knows we have to talk about another dumb sport at the very end of this. Um, and we might not make it with the anger. Uh, so let's talk about something we love, which is tennis, which has just released its uh, WTA and ATP awards, which is great because not only does it give us a chance to celebrate the people who won big tournaments, which is kind of the way that the tennis establishment already dedicates a lot of coverage, a lot of noise, a lot of attention to, but also some of the players who do a lot in the human humanitarian realms, a lot of the players who are considered sort of, um, you know, great sports by their peers, a lot of the players who, you know, commit acts of service, et cetera. So for me, it's really fun to see a little bit of an insight into the world um, voted on by uh, categories that include the players themselves. So you really get a sense of how this place works as a workplace, essentially. Um, so let's get into it. ATP, yeah. we have the number one, not a surprise to anybody who's following the last couple of years is Colors Algaraz, um, the men's doubles, Wesley Kulhoff and Neil Skupski. Um, Comeback player of the year, Borna Korich, newcomer of the year, Holger Rune. The Stefan Edberg Sportsmanship Award, our favorite, Oatmeal Stallion. Very, very yeah. excited about that because I think in this category, the players have voted for Roger Federer or Rafa Nadal for what? The better part of 20 years? years? Yeah, Forever. pretty much. Yeah. They've had a lock on that category. And now Casper Rude, uh, who was uh, obviously had a great year coming into the finals of the French Open and the U.S. Open, was was is joining their ranks and let's talk a little bit about one of your favorite players um andy murray yeah the arthur ash humanitarian award uh i did not know because we have not done a good job of telling this story in the tennis world that he gave his prize money full stop 2022 prize money 
more than $630,000 starting in March with Indian Wells to people affected by the invasion of Ukraine. What a cool, low-key flex thing to do. Yeah. I mean, look, obviously the guy has a lot of money um, and he clearly has made a lot of money from the the sport of tennis, but it's still well over a half a million dollars to give away. It's pretty phenomenal. That is his money that he, he earned. Um, look, he's just one of the great guys. And I said, I actually talked about this on my show. He gets a bad rap. Look, he's not, he's a little tough to watch sometimes. He carry on, so he carries on at times on the court like a pork chop. We know that. <laughs> Giving him a crap about it. You know, he's a bit whiny, complains. He carries on like, as I said, a pork chop. But off of the tennis court, there's no better guy. There's no nicer guy. There's no funnier guy. And I mean, I can say that because I was the same way. I was a bit of a pork chop on the court as well. But I would say that I'm a pretty good person off the court. I like to, you know, help out whenever I can. I like, I'd give back to charities. If I had his money, I'd be handing out dough all the time as well. Um, you know, so he's just one of those guys that we're just so happy to have in, in tennis because, I mean, the guy had Emily Moresmo as his coach, you know, one of the first really big stars of the game that employed a woman as a coach and gave her that opportunity to be in his player box. Um, I just, he just, I just don't, there's not many that I like more than Andy Murray as a human being. So for him to get this award is no surprise to me. No surprise. And I think, again, what a cool flex to be able to realize that as an athlete, as important as you are to your ecosystem and to the fans around the globe, there are things that are more important than sport. And that is, you know, human rights and safety and, and all that stuff. So that was really cool. Um, the the rest of the ATPs are pretty straightforward. Fan favorite singles, Rafa, fan favorite doubles, Tanasi and Nick. I don't know if you want to take a second here and shout out your fellow Aussies. Uh, Coach of the year, Juan Carlos Ferrero, who's been working with Carlos Alcaraz. Um, and then we have some uh, props for different tournaments, uh, X, Y, and Z. Moving on to the women. The men's was all pretty straight up, straightforward, even comeback player of the year. You know, uh, it was incredible with Chorich and, the, you know, what a great year he had by winning Cincinnati and improving his ranking the amount of time he did. And he was completely off the tour all of last year. So he literally came back of March of this year and was able to win an ATP 1,000. So that was an incredible thing. Most improved player was given to Alcaraz, no surprise, getting to number one in the world so quickly. Um, you know, and Rune was given newcomer of the year. He could have almost gotten both of those. One of those guys could have gotten both of those awards, but, um, the women on the other hand, I'm not quite sure who's voting on these because I get my email as a former player and as a coach onto a, um, and you know, it goes to players and it goes to coaches. So I'm not quite sure about some of the awards that were given out. Wow. You thought they were controversial? Okay, let me read them first and then we'll stop and discuss. Well, and let, Let's not read them all. At this, let's read the one and then discuss. How about Well, that? I don't want to wait for you to weigh in on every single one because God Jesus. knows Renee Stubbs has never knowingly withheld an opinion. So why don't you just stop me when it feels like you have something actually important to say? Okay. Player of the year, Igor Shviantek. Not okay, controversial. Fine. Moving on. Doubles team of the year, Barbara Kajikova, Katarina Siniakova, the Czechs. Fine. All good. Okay. All good. So yeah. far, so good. So I, I should have just like everything. Right. Most improved player of the year, Beatriz Haddad-Maya, Brazilian. Fine with that? Well, I mean, what what about Jess Pagula? Great point. Yeah, Jess Pagula. She had a much better year than Beatriz Haddad-Maya. I mean, Beatriz Haddad-Maya had an incredible year. She Um, did. But Jess Pagula's ceiling was... Top, like, three in the world? Yeah, she made WTA Tour Finals. She's getting to... 
Yeah, she won I a, agree with she you. Won a, she won a WTA 1000 event, you know, leading into the championships and made, not only did she make the singles, but also made the doubles. Great I mean, point. Could, Great, with Coco Goff. I mean, come on, number three okay. in the world? Bloody well, hell. Well, what what else has she got to do? What else does she have to do? Well, maybe the Bills have to win a Super Bowl, maybe. She was nominated for Player of the Year, I believe, and didn't get that. Uh, because she was most improved player, not the best player. I mean, the best player was Iga Sviantek. By yeah, nobody could argue with Iga, but yeah. Okay, well, we see you, Jess Pagula. Justice will be done. Um, newcomer of the year, Chinwen Jung, our issue number 21 cover star that drops today. Um, the young Chinese player who, I think, 200 places in the rankings. Not controversial. Everybody would agree with that, right? Totally fine with that. Yes, totally Explosive fine with that. game, cool as hell. The pictures of the portfolio that Su Kwan, legendary nightlife hip-hop photographer Su Kwan, shot of her for the issue are tight. Check it out, racketmag.com. Okay, back to the list. Comeback player of the year, Tatiana Maria. That feels right. That's cool, no? Are you smoking crack? Maybe. Why? Why? What's wrong with that? She used a mother. Okay. She got Hold on. a couple Sorry, of deep yeah. runs under bag. She won a couple of big tournaments. Are you going to let me play my, my part in this? Go ahead. Daria Gavilova was ranked almost 500 in the world to start the year because she had an entire year of 2021 off due to another surgery on her foot, okay, mm. and did not play at all last year because this mm. award is for 2022, not 21 and plus 22, all right. As much as I love Tatiana Maria, and she could not be a nicer human being, and her run at Wimbledon was unbelievable, and all of this stuff, okay, I granted she had an incredible year. But she played for six months last year, Caitlin. Hmm. She played from July until January of this year. She played a full six months. Now, if she had come back in let's say October, November, December, maybe playing a couple of small challenger events or whatever after having her second child. I'm okay with that. But she played a half a year last year. Yeah. Now, is that just a little unlucky? Maybe. But also she had six months of playing under her belt. Varia Gavrilova started playing. Her first match back in a year was playing one match at Fed Cup, which was at the very end of last year. Or it might have been at the start of this year. And then started playing on the Pro Tour again this January and got to top 50 in the world. Maybe Okay, but counterpoint. Uh, okay. I, but counterpoint, okay. she didn't play a whole season because Ooh. she got injured during November. No, wait a second. You can't say because she didn't play November. I think that you can. Year. I think you can say that she she didn't play the whole year. I mean, again, I'm not, I don't disagree with the stats, but I feel like maybe she wasn't on everyone's consciousness because she didn't play the whole year. Dude, she got injured in Asia well after the US Open. Like right. what more of the freaking year does she have to play? She played every Grand Slam. She played, I'm going to try and find how many tournaments she played uh, at this point in time. It was something like, let's see, here we go, Daria Saville. She played 19 tournaments, Caitlin. All right, that's pretty good. 19. Okay, okay, year. listen, I'm a Daria Gavrilova Seville fan, so this is not meant to be, like, critique. Okay. I'm just saying, thinking maybe that's why people overlooked her. Like, she hasn't been top of mind, maybe, because she's been off, because she's been injured. I don't know. I don't know. No, no. Okay. Uh, that's, look, she she played basically 10 months this year. That's four years. Some people stop after the U.S. Okay, okay, let's keep it moving. Karen Kransky Sportsmanship Award, Ons Jabur. 
Fine. Good. Done. Easy decision. PG Kellmeyer Player Service Award, Gabby Dabrowski from Canada. Yep. Fine with that. Aces Award, what? Maria Sakari, Coach of the Year, David Witt. No. Now, listen, Ooh. I love David and the job that he's done with Jessica Pagula, particularly this year, has been it's normal circumstances, absolutely. What he's done in, in the improvement on her, and, and he knows how I feel about him. Jessica knows how I feel about her and what she's done. But come on, man, you you cannot not give that award to Thomas Witkarowski. He took a player that was top 10, has made her one of the best players over the last 20 years. She had a 37-match win streak, okay, when she was announced that she would take over the number one ranking. Within and of itself is the nerves and the pressure that to deal with that. I see what he has to deal with with her. Listen, Iga is, looks like a robot on the court, but she is very emotional off the court. The stuff that he had to deal with, her game, keeping her in a, in a positive frame of mind. She won two Grand Slams this year and that 37-match win streak and the umpteen other tournaments that she won. You cannot not give Coach of the Year to the guy who had the most dominant player all year. I just, I just, I'm sorry. But maybe isn't it because like, and I think this maybe speaks to the coaching not being the most visible part of the game, which is like, if everyone expected Iga to win, then is it as dramatic as somebody who was like Jess Pagula, maybe not on everyone's mind and then made a uh, tremendous, tremendous, you know, season end with the WTA finals appearances in both doubles and singles just counterpoint i don't i don't really have a dog in this fight i'm just sort of saying is that maybe why 100 percent, 100 percent. it's one of the reasons and i have talked about this i talked about it on my show actually where i said i can see how people saying getting jess pagula to three in the world from where she started the year it's a tremendous coaching job and david has you know he really does need to be given a lot of kudos for getting her to that place um but and, that, and, that, and that's all well and good. I'm not as upset about this one as I am about Gavrilova, but I, I do really, I I do really believe that um, Thomas he didn't get it last year, and this year he should have got it. That is one of the best years we've ever seen on the women's tour in a long, long time. The dominance that we saw from Iga Swiatek this year, and that you have to credit him with a lot of that, keeping her shit together getting to her to improve her game on hard court, getting her to, to the place of actually winning the US Open. Because believe me, Caitlin, at the beginning of the US Open, she was not playing well. She was not feeling good. She was complaining about the balls. Right. And let me tell you something, as a coach, that's on you to get your player to get their shit together. You know, so I'm going to give him a lot of credit there. And so, uh, David, love you, but that award should have gone to Thomas Witkowski. And it's not David's fault. He doesn't bloody vote. He probably didn't even look at the email. Probably didn't even vote for himself, knowing David. He's such a nice guy. But sorry, that award needed to go to Thomas Witkowski. Should we have a most important guest coach award and give it to Renee Stubbs for her? Well, I mean, yeah, I think so. Great. Yeah. I mean, at least that's not controversial. At least that's not controversial. So I mean, now... Look yeah. Let's move into something that is more controversial, which is Renee Stubbs on Twitter. Oh, God. Hold up. 
Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When isn't Twitter controversial? I mean, what a complete and utter garbage fire. Um, it's Especially now. It's getting worse. It's getting worse. I know. Um, so there have been a number of high-profile off-season news items about the world of tennis. The first one that I think almost everyone's pretty excited about is the trailer for the Netflix documentary uh, has now dropped. We have a sense of who the first couple, um, sort of the focus of the first couple episodes that are coming in January. This is from the producers of Drive to Survive, which really changed the fortunes of F1 in a in terms of fanship and like mainstream uh, success. Now the same production company, Box to Box, has taken a year in the professional tennis world and has um, come out with the series called Breakpoint. I know from the point of view of a lot of the slam countries and a lot of the governing bodies, they're kind of looking to this documentary series to do a lot of the PR and um, sort of like tennis promotion that they themselves should probably be doing and are really bad at, if I can be honest. So I don't know that putting all their eggs in a basket of somebody else's uh, destiny is a good idea, but you know what? I, uh, for me, it's more like more is more uh, when, when it comes to tennis and storytelling. Any initial reactions based on seeing the trailer? Andrea Pekovic, our very good friend, had a lot to say about how we're ready she is to stop seeing tennis-themed things called break point, match point, uh, game set match, uh, you know, ready play advantage. But um, you know, that aside, it looks pretty good. I don't. I mean, we haven't seen it, but looks it doesn't seem bad. I I'm so I'm excited about it because you know I've you and I have talked about this for years, but I have really felt like this for a number of years is that. You know, one of the things that I love about the Olympics, for example, is, you know, NBC's coverage of it. When they do the, the personal stories and they get to know an athlete that's in the luge or, um, you know, is a biathlete or is a kayaker or, some, you know, some random sport that you would never know a, a person, right? And they do these great profiles on them and you go, oh, man, that's an amazing story. That person's so cool. Oh, I'm going to check it out. I'm going to actually turn on my TV and watch the, um, you know, the the bow and arrow contest or something at the Olympics. You know what I mean? So you, because you feel like you get to know the person and you start rooting for them, right? You start pulling for them. You start hoping for them, right? And you get to know them as people. So I just think that's the way you bring fans and people into a sport or into a You're movie. You know, people love watching Real life stories brought to 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 the to the big screen, right? The Whitney Houston doc, the you know the movie, the whatever. The people, oh yeah, I want to go and see that because they want to get a behind the scenes look at what really happened. You know what I mean? And so I think with tennis, we've lacked that for so long. I think we've been great at covering the sport, 
watching the X's and O's, ESPN, Tennis Channel, whatever, you know, getting our cameras out there and watching your sport. But we do, we've done a horrific job, and I blame this on the ATP and WTA and the ITF and the Grand Slams and the, all of the others, is that we've never gotten to know all the players better. And so, you know, fans of the game know Roger and Rafa and Serena because we see them on TV all the time, but we don't know everybody else. And the stories that you could tell of those people and get more people to support the sport of tennis and watch it. So for me, this is great because you're going to get to know a little bit more of the insides and backstories of some players that you might not know as much about. So, I mean, look, honestly, I think they could have picked some other random tennis players, not ones that you necessarily know, like someone ranked like 60 in the world to see the trials and tribulations of someone like that, as opposed to just FAA and Taylor and Angebeur and players that kind of we've seen on our TV and know a little bit more about. Um, so I would suggest for like season two, because hopefully it's successful enough that they just like drive to survive. They want to do two and three and four is they, they go and find a kid that's ranked 150 in the world and show their life as well and how they you know, climb up the tennis ladder to get into a grand slam and then blah, blah, blah after that and what it means to them, yeah. you know. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I don't want to, I don't know anything about what we're going to see. I, I clearly know some of the storylines because I saw the cameras around. I mean, I saw cam, cam, cameras around all the time. I went into a shot a couple of times. and like, oh, we need you to sign this, you know, release form. Yeah. We're from Netflix. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. So, you know, it, it, they're everywhere. So I'm really pumped to see it. And I, and I hope it gives exposure to tennis um, in a way that drives us to survive us. Because, look, you and I are Formula One fans, and I didn't even – I couldn't tell you two drivers in the F1 series. 100%. Same, same, same. So yeah, and I, I think, think the power thing. of storytelling is really paramount. Um, and amazing. And I think when they probably set out to start the season and filmed on Jabir, for example, that probably wasn't a gimme that she was going to end up oh. in two grand slam finals. So I think they did kind of get lucky. I'm just relieved, honestly, to like not see Roger Federer again. Like I know that, you know, he's going to make appearances and respectfully and all that stuff, but it's just like, I get bored really easily. So like the fact that I would much rather sit down with an episode centered on, you know, um, Berrettini or I don't actually know very much about FAA because he's kind of, you know, sort of internal. Like there's, yeah, yeah. there's, I think a lot there. Let's talk about what some Although, of- you got to admit the story that Roger told on- It was um, so stupid. Don't even with that. He couldn't get oh, into the All England Club. Like, uh, it was, no, it was, it was, it was not was, even funny. It was like, oh, they didn't recognize him. And then they did. And they were like, oh, it's Roger Federer. You're really famous. Don't. I'm just so over Roger Federer. Like, I can't. I can't. Listen, you need to turn around and look at your Netflix little TV uh, right now because- what you people can't see that I can see is we're on a Zoom call. Is that Caitlin has this new fancy thing on? It's called Netflix's fireplace, and you can go to Netflix and you can put a fireplace on your TV to pretend that you have a fireplace. Well, you know why so it's on? Get my a little TV. more zen, okay? Stop I'm being trying, so I know. aggressive towards Roger. I'm just I'm just tired of him. I, I want know. his dumb we boat know. shoes to disappear. I'm done with him. Um, okay. I. Uh, I'm watching this fireplace because I can't watch tennis because normally during the day, if I'm at home, when I'm working between calls, whatever I like, it calms my blood pressure to hear the sound of squeaking shoes and tennis balls being hit. I love it. And there's no tennis on right now with the exception of like some, some exos and things like that. But you know what the tennis channel is showing, which mm, we've talked yes. about before. And I, I've given the tennis channel as have you so much shit for, being Vicky France and siding with the enemy here that I can't repeat myself, but it might be time to have chapter two of Renee and Caitlin discuss uh, the w- world's biggest or- dumb pretend thing 
worse than crypto, worse than NFTs, is a pretend sport that somehow you have found yourself in a Twitter uh, dust up this morning. Melee, I like that word. What's happening, Renee? Well, I just put out last night um, because I started seeing more tennis players investing their money or somebody else's money in pickleball and buying pickleball and that they had the pickleball draft last night. Did I, was it on Tennis Channel? I don't know. I'm, I'm once. I heard it was on Tennis Channel, but I'm not sure if it was or not. But, um, uh, and I just put, put out on Twitter because you know me in the late hours, I'm a little bored sitting at home by myself. And I said, just to let everyone know, I will not in all caps be investing in a pickleball franchise and will never turn a TV on to watch pickleball. I would rather watch paint dry, actually spelt pain dry because I actually didn't put the T on it. Uh, pain dry. Why all these tennis players think pickleball is worth investing in and not the game that made them all the dough is beyond me. Great point. Okay. Because I'm like, why can't you put your money or your supposed money? I'm fairly certain a lot of these tennis players are not putting their own money in. They're like literally getting paid to promote this shit. And if they are putting their own money in, it's even worse because that money, I think, could be invested in kids' programs. Go into your, wherever you're from, go and donate some money, some cash. New tennis startups, new brands. Build a tennis court. Yeah, build a tennis court. Exactly. Get a tennis tennis center named in your your honor. You You know, know, it's, what what does it cost to build a tennis court? 10 grand? 15 to 20, depending on. 15, 20. That's probably what these people are paying to be part of the NFT of sports. If, uh, if that, if that, it's not if even their that. own money. I've talked to some of these players, financial advisors, because they are very keen to invest, quote unquote, in other things. Uh, and then all of a sudden you ask them, okay, well, what does that mean? And they say, oh, well, you'll be giving part of your company to them for free in addition for their endorsement. So not only are these players in a lot of cases getting a fee for an endorsement to endorse some of these things, which is just the most off-brand embarrassing thing I can possibly imagine. Worse than putting your name next to crypto or NFTs, although those are not very palatable either. Um, but in a lot of cases, they're getting paid in equity. And so, listen, as a as a business model, to not invest a dime of your own money, instead of getting paid as an endorser and the company does really well, but you don't see the upside, why not take a piece of the company along with it? Sure, I'll get it. But it's also why Naomi Osaka is currently getting sued for promoting FTX, as well as all those other athletes who put their names next to a giant cryptocurrency exchange that then went tits up and took has taken most of the crypto world with it. Um, so we'll see uh, how well those investments, quote unquote, play out in the next year. Um, but yeah, you have the best point of all, which is what amazing things, especially because we know pickleball from a recreational standpoint, is anemic, played by some white boomers in retirement communities. But here in the city, uh, lines for tennis courts, oversubscription for tennis clubs, waiting lists, the actual desire to play it. We know pickleball's total participation is somewhere around four to five million. That's less than the total people who started playing tennis during the pandemic alone. Tennis yeah. is a real sport, and you can play it for your whole life in a way that's actually uh, Beneficial. You know, requires some athleticism and actually gets your pulse racing. So for me, it, it's if they hadn't taken all this crypto money to, you know, uh, promote this pretend thing and then therefore needed to come after tennis audiences, I wouldn't care. 
but the fact that it has identified tennis as sort of its enemy uh, and done it with a sport that's sort of like colonialist and it survives, like, no thanks, get the fuck out of here. Um, and if I were a tennis player looking to invest in things, invest in my community, uh, support something like Kings County Tennis League, which puts rackets and tennis courts in public housing to build the next generations of stars uh, of, or even participants or college scholarship recipients. Like you said, that's a great investment. That's something that I would actually be proud of instead of putting my name next to the most tragic, dumb. It's like, you see Donald Trump's NFT collection last night coming out where he's like dressed up like a, you know, country Western, like a uh, sharpshooter. Cool bag. And it's, it's cool like, bag. I would buy that before I bought Whoa. pickleball. Whoa. That's, that's all I have statement. to say. That's a statement Caitlin Thompson. Look, I put that tweet out, and then, of course, today, um, because one of the people investing in a pickleball franchise, apparently, is Nick Kyrgios. So he took umbrage with my comment and wrote, LOL, I think, in all caps, by the way, LOL, small caps, I think, large caps, LeBron James and Kevin Durant, back both in big caps, and then small caps, have a bit more of an idea F what to invest in. I think he meant of what to invest in. Funny, smiley face. And I was like, um, my reaction to that, I said, well, <laughs> I said, not sure I mentioned LeBron and KD in my tweet, NK, meaning I'm not talking about basketball players investing in fucking pickleball. I'm talking about tennis players Great investing point. in pickleball. Okay. And then I said, also, let me know how that ROI, and for those that don't know what that means, return on investment is in a year and prove me wrong, mate. Or are they paying you in all caps, question mark, exclamation point. Great. Uh, and then I said, just because I forgot to add this part about his investment, you know, people that he thinks are brilliant. I also said, also, let's ask Tom Brady and Naomi, etc., about FTX, but okay with my okay sign. Okay. So it's like, wait a second. You think because LeBron and KD invested, then holy shit, we should all be jumping on board. No, dude, they've got play money. Okay, those guys have play money or somebody with a shitload of money, way more than LeBron and KD is giving them money to invest in a pickleball association. Listen, Renee, I have nothing to add to that except the call is coming from inside the house. Maybe after all these dumb athletes get sued for representing stuff that's pretend like crypto and NFTs and start losing their lawsuits, then they'll be a little more thoughtful about uh, investing in things. But, you know. Now, now listen, I, I'm going to, believe it or not, I'm actually going to flip flip it over to the other side because Kim Kleister's also invested, okay? We love Kim Kleister's. This, is, and this I, has been killing me. Everybody knows how much I love Kim. And Kim and I are very good friends. And she texts me and she goes, what's the problem with pickleball? <laughs> she just wanted to know what my gripe was, you know? And I just said, look, she said, her, her take is if we can get kids out on a tennis court and just be active, then we're doing a good service. Sure. And I said, and that's all well and good. And I understand that. And just people in general, if they want to get, if they sit on their couch all day and don't do anything and then they play or, or they play pickleball, I'm all for it. That's fine. Like that's no problem. But I said to Kim, but why not promote? I mean, Kim, listen, Kim had a tennis academy, so she has put her money where she's, where her mouth is. And a lot of that money for her academy was from her. She did a lot of work and she picked up a lot of shitty slack 
and had to do a lot of work to make that academy work. And I think it's since almost closed down because of the fact that it's really hard to provide the, the money. So my question to people in the tennis world is invest in stuff like that. You know, don't invest in pickleball. Invest in the Kim Kleisters academies of the world, right? Um, instead of letting Kim Kleisters write a check every single week for her own academy. Um, and, and But, you know, the issue is that I said to Kim, I just wish, you know, people like you, she's a bad example because she's invested in her in her own sport. Um, but, you know, and, and she's right. We want people to be active. But I said, you can get them on a tennis court, mate. You can get them a shitty yeah, flat play ball. foam ball. Get a play get a, foam ball. Get a short get, court going. Get a short court going. It's the same thing, but you're yeah. not. And you're actually learning how to court. play tennis and you're actually yeah. getting your heart rate up. Because I think yeah. if the answer is you doing nothing or you taking several steps uh, around a pickleball court, I guess that's something. But the study that there's no actual increase in your cardiovascular exertion was pretty damning. Listen, I'm not here to hate on anybody. It's just when you make your sport pretend and tell people that your investment's going to pay off because it's going to knock tennis out of the way, no, not, not on my watch. Tennis has so much more growth to realize so that we can actually make this sport of a lifetime be the popular, incredible, welcoming, diverse place that it deserves to be, the one that I think you and I see very clearly. And so to me, if pickleball wasn't positioning itself as a threat to that, I wouldn't care. I'd be like, yeah, sure, go do your tic-tac-toe somewhere. But just don't bother yeah. me, right? No problem. Go play no pickleball. Yeah, go it's do fun. darts. Do you want to be on a I... luge league? Great. You want to go bowling? Knock yourself out. Just don't do it on my tennis court. And for me, well, that's this issue. And so that's why I would love for all these athletes, as you said, to figure out how to support their own sport, especially one that's as awesome as tennis. Yeah. And I actually, one of the things that I also said was I, it's unwatchable on television and you, I'm sorry, no sport, no sport is going to survive and do well if it's not on television and it is unwatchable on TV. It's tough. Okay. It's really tough. And but you know, what is on television uh, is it's going to be tennis in the new year. So listen, Renee, we have to wrap this up because I uh, have to post this so that we can get an episode out before the mm. next year. We have incredible sponsors for the next year. We have incredible guests for the next year. We have an incredible studio for the next year. So there are so many things for us to look forward to in 2023. And I just want to say, in addition to your amazing show, in addition to our amazing magazine, it was so nice to spend time with you for Racket House Los Angeles. Yeah. in the flesh this past weekend you and i have been in the same city but not seeing so much of each other it took us going to la to hang yeah. out um and if you're somebody who's been following along our journeys renee's instagram tweets our world etc and want to get invited to a future racket house event join our newsletter on our website racketmag.com for the chance to be invited to one of them because we'd love to have you yeah though it was super fun and yes i did fly out on a friday afternoon after work yes I have a job Monday to Friday and I flew in at midnight. We went to the party on Saturday and I flew back to New York on Sunday. So 36 hours in LA, but it was bloody worth it. The house was amazing. Thank you, Luke. Um, thank you to Liz Cully, our unofficial, official tennis influencer, all the work she did. Um, you, Caitlin, awesome. And uh, yeah, if you want to be part of the cool kids, then you got to be get the racket newsletter and you'll know exactly where our next event is. So many people were like, why, why? I want to be invited to that kind of a party. I was like, well, you know, you got to be got to be with the cool kids and not pickable. Exactly. We'll leave you with that. Until 2023, Renee, uh, Power Hour is on Amazon Sports Network, 5 to 6 p.m. every Are we Wednesday. really not doing are we really just you and me? We're not going to do another one until 2023. I don't want to promise anything. Maybe we'll do a bonus just in case, but I, yeah. just, you, I'm going to be out. You're going to be, I have to cook dinner. You know, it's people, tree trimming. People, 
just people out there. You want us to do some more before the end of the year? You just let me know, and I'll let Caitlin pressure. know. All right, and okay. she's moving back to Manhattan soon, so finally, not going to be doing this shit on Zoom anymore. All right. Okay, everybody, thank you for joining us today. Catch me on the Power Hour every day, five to six. I talk about a lot of this sort of stuff, including my hate of pickleball, uh, on the show. So uh, thanks for joining us again, everyone, and we'll see you later. Bye.